Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Adam Carricker on the ticket. Position right of the quarterback out of the shotgun. First and 20. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carricker at the Missouri 21-yard line. Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, eight-year NFL vet and All-American defensive lineman, Adam Carricker. Shotgun snap to Everett. He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carricker. Ripped him down inside the 25-yard line. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com, here's your host, Adam Carricker. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Adam Carricker on The Ticket. It is lunchtime on a Friday, which means I have a case of the Fridays. It means we got a full weekend of Husker sports, Husker football, and of course, one of the two fastest hours in radio each and every week right here on The Ticket. Join me live every Monday and Friday, noon to 1 p.m. Central Time. Grab your lunch. Come join me at some point. The odds are about 50-50. Something intelligent will come out. Tuesday, Thursdays, the Big Ten Show, Character Chronicles, and on Wednesdays, former All-American quarterback Steve Taylor. And I will say this. I'm just going to leave it out there. If DP's listening, DP, this is true. Steve Taylor and I had an interesting conversation earlier this week, but I'll let that lie for now. I know, kind of a jerk move to put it out there and just let it be, but we'll see what the future has to hold. Here's my point, ladies and gentlemen. We got a fast, fun, hopefully enjoyable show for you fine folks today. All right, loaded as well. Quick rundown real quick. Rico, taking another vacation day. Didn't he just do this like two weeks ago? Doesn't want to come to work. Actually, Rico's under the weather. Hope you're feeling better. All right. Have a great weekend. Feel better. We'll see you on Monday, my friend. Of course, we're going to talk a little Nebraska versus Wisconsin in a football. That volleyball rematch is coming up here in just a little over a week or so. As well, might, that might actually be a week from today. I can't remember. It's either Friday or Saturday, seven or eight days from now. Looking forward to that rematch. Nebraska football and Wisconsin football going to get it on this Saturday night. Going to talk about that just a smidge. I know you didn't see that one coming. But we're also going to talk about some key games from college football around this uh, around college football this weekend. So every year, and I mentioned this on my Big Ten show, but every year, the Saturday before the week of Thanksgiving, the matchups are just, they're abysmal. They're bad. Okay, because that's when the SEC takes their second bye week, a.k.a. they schedule Citadel, okay, no-name you, you know, Skittles Tech, because that's how they do their thing. And then let's be real. Let's be fair. All the Most of the rivalry games, not all of them, but most of them are the weekend of Thanksgiving. So there's kind of a little bit of a lull before Thanksgiving week, and those rivalry games crank up. But I actually found four pretty good matchups this weekend. I was actually excited. I was really just looking for one or two, and I found four. So we're going to go through those key matchups. And if we have time, all right, I'll quickly – I don't have a whole lot of beef with the current college football playoff rankings. There's really just two things that – stand out to me there's things you could tweak or change here or there you can always do that but there's really two things that stand out to me two things that don't make any sense to me and we'll cover those really quick all right but ladies and gentlemen as always ge landscape supply has pavers and boulders great accents for any backyard 
landscaping project. They sell to homeowners and contractors. They deliver anywhere near or far. Stop by 6701 Corner Square Highway. Check out GELandscapesupply.com or call 402-467-1627. And how could I? How could I forget to mention? That's just the first 25 minutes of show of the show. Everything I went through is why I talk so fast. I don't know why I talk so fast. I just do. But at 1230, I'm going to be joined by a former two-time All-Big 12 performer. All right a former All-American, four-time academic first-team All-Big 12, a man from Auburn, Nebraska, a man who scared the crap out of me when I was a true freshman. Okay, he's a nice guy, but, man, he scared the crap out of me when he was a senior and I was a freshman. That's Mr. Chris Kelsey. Back when defensive ends were known as Russians here at the University of Nebraska. So tune in at 1230. And then, of course, as always, the last 10 minutes of the show, we got the people's segment. Now, do me a favor. Throughout the show, even if it's like a comment or – uh, a concern or whatever, I'm going to answer all the questions at the end. But all your comments, right? Jake's helping me today. He'll shoot me your comments, and I'll react to those throughout the show, and all the questions will be answered at the end. You can call or text all such things to 402-464-5685. All right. Nebraska traveling to Wisconsin. I mean, my gosh. You know, it's on the sheet in front of me, so I'll repeat it for the, you know, for the one millionth time. But we haven't beaten the Badgers since 2012. Haven't beaten them in Wisconsin since they were using the term BC instead of AD to tell time. Ha ha. Okay. We're well aware of all that stuff. Here's the deal. Braylon Allen. So Wisconsin's had a ton of injury issues this year. Okay. The quarterback's out. Running backs have been out for quite a while. The top two running backs. Now Braylon Allen's going to be, it looks like he's going to be back in a limited role. Their top two wide receivers we're out. I mean, this is all throughout the course of this year that this has happened to the Wisconsin Badgers. I know, preaching to the choir here at the University of Nebraska, right? Uh, we, we've had almost countless amounts of injuries. But here's the deal. When you've got a guy like Teddy Prochaska who can hop in at left tackle, all right, and you've got Malachi Coleman, albeit young, but a, a talented guy who needs to get reps. Like, we've had, we have talented guys with ability and skill and athleticism who need to get better and grow and get experience. They're getting that experience, and they're getting the opportunity to step up right now. So I feel like Maybe the drop-off that Wisconsin had when their injuries happened was a little bit bigger. I know, our offense has not played good. I get that. But they weren't playing great before. So it wasn't – my point is the drop-off wasn't as much for us as it was for Wisconsin due to all the injuries. Okay. But Braylon Allen, okay, is going to be back from injury but might be limited. Okay. Now, the quarterback issues for Nebraska, four quarterbacks make the travel roster this week. All right, Heinrich Harburg, Jeff Sims. All right, Luke Longville, as well as Chubba Purdy. Now, I, I, I don't know who's going to start the game. I have a guess. My guess is Chubba Purdy. But, man, it's it's interesting. I have heard a, a groundswell of support, like just bubbling at the surface and starting to seep out in support of people wanting to see Chubba Purdy start this game. And, and, it, and it makes sense. He, he's a little bit more of the unknown. He had one great drive, one bad pass at the end of it. And I know that's been dissected you know, uh, to the one millionth degree throughout this entire week. A year ago, when he went in, freshman, okay, overwhelmed, overly excited at times, didn't look good at all, to be honest with you. This year, all right, a year later, had, had the great drive, obviously one bad play, but he showed promise, and he's kind of the unknown. We know what we're going to get with Harburg. We know what we're going to get with Sims. Sometimes the unknown can scare the crap out of you. In this case, I think it just gives Husker fans a reason for some optimism because we know what we're going to get otherwise. All right, 
So it's interesting because I wanted to learn a little bit more about Mr. Longville. The fourth quarterback is going to be traveling this week, 6'2", 200 pounds. Sioux City, Iowa is where he calls home or where he hailed from. A redshirt freshman. Okay. Now, Longville went to Iowa Western after a knee injury shortened his senior season at Sioux City North High School in Iowa. In eight games as a senior, Longville completed 112 out of 196 passes with 1,410 yards, and he accounted for 14 total touchdowns. In his junior senior season, Longville threw for 1,500 yards with 17 touchdowns. Prior to his senior season, Longville competed at the Elite 11 Houston Regional where he, where he posted the top score at the Pro Day Drill. Now, do I think he's going to get in the game? No, probably not. But I see the name of a new quarterback I'm not as familiar with. I want to educate myself a little bit. So I educated myself, and hopefully you feel smidge educated as well. What's that old song? We don't need no education. I just throw the I, th- I say it with the M all the time now without even realizing it. We don't need no education. I said it one time in the Chronicles like a year ago, and it just stuck. All right, let's move on to the game itself. Now, of course, turn other than the quarterback situation, okay, and, and Satterfield earlier this week, and, and Rule squashed that, like he doesn't want the offense to have to start over and loot a, learn a whole bunch of new play calls and things of that nature. Satterfield's not going anywhere. He made that clear. Okay, so outside of those things, the biggest topic of conversations has been turnovers. So if you didn't know, we're not great at this. Hopefully we do much better this Saturday, rooting for that pretty strongly. All right, when it comes to turnover margin, we're 129th in the country, minus 14. Only Temple is worse. Dear God, Temple, they're minus 18 in the country, turnover margin. All right, Wisconsin's at minus two. They tend to uh, not give presents away as much as we do, apparently. They're tied for 81st in the country with about eight other teams. Okay, when it comes to just turnovers lost, we are dead last, 130th, minus 27. Marshall's just in front of us at 129th with minus 23. That's a, that's, that's a full game of four turnovers that we're behind the second-worst team in the country. Got to hold on to that ball just a smidge to a whole lot better. That'd be great. Wisconsin tied for 74th to 84th in the country with 10 other teams when it comes to lost turnovers or 15 lost turnovers on the year. Now, red zone. This is the thing I don't think has been talked about enough. Okay, because we don't get a whole lot of chances to score. So when we get in the red zone, we got to take advantage of it. All right, Tristan Alvano has found his stride, the young, talented, bright future field goal kicker, okay, that we have. He's found his stride. I now trust him to make way more field goals than he's going to miss. Okay, but we got to figure out how to score touchdowns when we get in the red zone because it doesn't happen a ton. Now, when it comes to the red zone, I do. I feel like this is the most overlooked thing so far. And I brought it up here and there sporadically throughout the year, but the quarterbacks situation, some of the play calls, the turnovers have just overshadowed everything when it comes to the offense, plus the injuries in fairness. Given Nebraska's offense and red zone efficiency, not great. 127th in the country, Wisconsin's 58. Our defensive red zone efficiency is, all right, 67th in the country, and we're tied for five other teams at 67th. Wisconsin is tied for 22nd. So Wisconsin has the edge in the red zone. Okay, a lot of this, like, they were much higher ranked in these stats also before some of these injuries happened earlier in the year. So they've started to drop as their injuries have mounted, but they are going to get some guys back, and they have gotten some guys back throughout the year as well. Okay. Now, I'll be honest with you. My prediction for this game, I put out a character Chronicles, like, just yesterday morning. Now, I did record it about two or three days ago. I don't remember what it was. I really don't. And I didn't even go back and look it up because here's what I want to do. If you watch that show, because I'm going to give a prediction now. If you watch that show and my prediction matches or doesn't match, let me know. I'm curious to see if I come up with the same answer twice. I didn't do that often enough in math in school when I was growing up. That was, a, that was kind of a problem over time. 
But here's my prediction. Let me know if it's the same prediction I had earlier this week. All right. Call or text 402-464-5685 or leave a comment below on the social medias and or YouTube if you're watching this on the tube. All right. I have Nebraska. And this, this was a tough one. I do remember I went back and forth. This is why I don't remember. I went back and forth so much with who was going to win, what the score was going to be. At one point, I had a 9-6 to six prediction with Wisconsin winning. That was my initial prediction. Okay. I don't remember what my final one was, but here is my new updated final one. Now, whether it's different or not, I don't remember, but I have Nebraska winning. Okay, mostly because Wisconsin's effort, like you watch Northwestern play. That team has no business being 5-5. Five and five. I have them winning the game this weekend, and then I have them beating Illinois. I have them going 7-5, and five, which is absolutely absurd. By the way, congratulations to David Braun, Northwestern's new head coach. Okay, the, the defensive coordinator at North Dakota. There was in North Dakota State, which was just hired not long ago, and then all of a sudden he's the interim head coach. Now he's the head coach. I had no idea what Northwestern was going to do for a head coach. That, that was not a situation that any reasonably reasonable I, – I tried to go Bob Diaco. Sorry, can't do it. Did you see the strain? It was real. Um, no reasonably good coach is going to want to take that job. So what's Northwestern going to do? How are they going to compete? And then walking into a situation like that is mostly what I mean. No disrespect to their football program, okay? I mean a situation like that and everything that's gone on. And, man, the guy was already in-house. Congratulations to Northwestern on finding a good football coach. Congratulations to David Braun on, you know, they're probably going to go to a bowl game, win one out of two. But, man, that team could win seven games this year. And that's what I, that's what I predict them doing. That's crazy, okay? Uh, my point is this. And I went off on a little random tangent sidebar. If you used to listen to my show, you're kind of used to that. But here's my point. Nebraska, Wisconsin. This Wisconsin team, when I watch them from an effort and energy and enthusiasm standpoint, I see the opposite of what I see with Northwestern. At least recently. And who knows? Maybe they'll get a butt chewing. Maybe they held some sort of team meeting, no coaches allowed. And maybe they're going to come out on fire this Saturday night it appears to me that they may have quit a little bit early on this season, and that is the only, the only reason I'm picking Nebraska to win. And I'm kind of, no disrespect to them, and I'm kind of hoping that's what they did because it would help Nebraska win the game. I have Nebraska winning 13-10. to 10. Now, does that match my previous score prediction? No idea. Somebody let me know. 402-464-5685 is the number. Now my son, Jacob. All right, the trader picked uh, Wisconsin to win the game on my show earlier this week, so he has Wisconsin. I have Nebraska. I went back and forth no less than half a dozen times, easily six to ten times. All right, changing my score prediction. And also, let me know in the comments. You know, you can hit that number up. I want to know your prediction for the score versus Nebraska versus Wisconsin. All right, 402-464-5685. Let me know your score prediction. And your biggest key to the to Nebraska winning this game and becoming bowl eligible, okay, as well. Hit up that number. Now, like I mentioned earlier, I was able to find – some good college football matchups this weekend, which I wasn't sure I'd be able to do going into rivalry week, Thanksgiving week. Okay. Number 22, Utah versus number 19, Arizona. Arizona is a team that, let me see here. They've got three losses. They barely lost to USC, barely lost to Washington. I mean, they could easily be sitting here with two, maybe one losses. One loss, two losses, or one loss. So that this is a pretty good football team. They're favored by one. Utah misses Cam Rising. If they had Cam Rising, 
Utah easily is a one-loss team right now instead of where they're at with three, I believe. And he, he they miss him. They have 21 really good players, and they're just missing that solid piece at quarterback. Now, I had a Husker fan send me a question, and I've heard no rumors, so I'm not trying to start any. But it sure brought a potential smile to my face. He goes, what if Cam Rising were to enter the transfer portal and Nebraska snagged him? Oh, my God, I popped for that. To use a wrestling term, I popped for that. Now, again, I, I haven't heard anything. I just thought that was an interesting idea. But when he comes back next year, he'll easily be one of the best quarterbacks in all college football. But I got Arizona winning. All right, North Carolina, number 20 in the country versus Clemson, who was unranked or lost Clemson. There was a time earlier this year when I was banging North Carolina's jump. They have not played well since, so thank you for that. I've got Clemson winning, who is also a six-and-a-half-point favorite. That surprised me. I've got Clemson winning. All right, next up, we got a little bit of a rivalry matchup here, Kansas State versus Kansas. All right, number 21 versus number 25, although depending on which poll you're looking at, Liberty is number 25 at 10-0, but in the poll I happen to look at, it's Kansas at 25. All right, Kansas State 21. Kansas State's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. There was a couple of spreads here that shocked me. Now, I was leaning towards Kansas State, like 51-49, but when I saw that, I'm definitely going Kansas State after that. Now, watch, Kansas is probably going to win, and I'm rooting for him to win. All right, Lance Leipold's a good dude. As I mentioned here on this show, I used to send – I didn't. My dad used to send him my recruiting uh, – high school recruiting tapes because that was his job here at the University of Nebraska at that point in time. So he's a good dude. I'm rooting for him, but I got Kansas State winning. All right. The big matchup of the weekend, Oregon State is a top 10 team. If you look at the college football playoff rankings, a top 10 Oregon State team. Two losses. Now, they are a two-point favorite over number five and undefeated Washington. So I mentioned a week ago, in the past couple of weeks, that I think Washington's going to lose a game before the end of the year, before the Pac-12 championship, when they're going to probably play, I don't know if it's locked in yet, but they're going to play Oregon, whether it's locked in yet or not. They're going to lose a game that they're not supposed to simply because they're playing so many good teams week after week after week. Eventually, you're just going to get tripped up. The Pac-12, you play like a ranked team, like two out of every three games. That's tough. And even their last game versus a non-ranked Washington State team, that's the last Apple Cup. That's going to be a rivalry game. That's going to be tough. So I said a while ago, I think Oregon State's the team that trips them up. Alas, Oregon Oregon State's a two-point favorite. That, that was pretty flabbergasting to me. Now, Oregon State has not been this good in 23 years, since 2000. That year, they finished 11-1, number five in the country. They dominated Mollywop, Notre Dame, number nine Notre Dame team, 41-9 in the Fiesta Bowl that year. That, that Oregon State Beavers team featured Chad Ochocinco, TJ Hushmanzada, and Jonathan, Jonathan Smith, the quarterback, who was the current, he was a four-year starter, but the current Oregon State head coach as well. All right, so I kind of give it away already, but I've got Oregon State. I was going to say upsetting Washington, but they're favored. Still feels like an upset. I got Oregon State, I guess, upsetting. All right, Washington. I still think Washington's the better team. I just think Oregon State at home happens to get them on this day. Now, we're going to take a break here in a couple minutes. But there's a couple things that stood out to me real quick when it comes to college football playoff rankings. And again, keep sending your questions, your comments, your concerns. Call or text 402-464-5685. All right, now you can, you can debate... All right, Ohio State dropping from number one because they have the best resume. Also, by f every other game they've played this year outside 
are pretty much Penn State, Notre Dame. They haven't looked good, so you can you can argue they could be lower. They could be below Florida State and Washington based on how they've looked. You could argue number one based on a resume. You can debate Georgia at one, Michigan at two. You can debate should Michigan be punished and drop lower. You can debate a lot of things. A couple of things are interesting to me. Washington at five should be ahead of Florida State at four. Florida State is one of the least impressive undefeated teams I've seen in a while. And they may finish undefeated, and they may win the ACC and get in the CFP. And then we'll see what happens. But as of right here, right now, Washington has not yet lost to anybody. They have played a tougher schedule, and they have looked better doing it. They should be ahead of Florida State. That being said, it will probably work itself out. The real one that's interesting to me, because number one, Georgia, number two, Michigan, number three, Ohio State, number four, Florida State, number five, Washington, Oregon at six. Again, the one, the best one lost team in the country, I believe. Seven, Texas, eight, Alabama, nine, Louisville. No point in going below that. Those are all the one loss or undefeated teams. Texas is a seven, Alabama is at eight because Texas beat Alabama earlier this year. We all know that. We also know that Alabama is probably the most improved team in the country, while Texas has very rarely looked impressive since. There is a groundswell that I'm starting to hear in the college football world from folks that I know of people want Alabama over Texas if it comes down to it for the CFP rankings. Shocker, I know, right? The ESPN SEC network is just, when if you watch the college football playoff ranking announcement show every week, they're starting to bring it up on the ESPN SEC network. They're starting to bring it up. They're starting to just plant seeds. And at some point, if it comes down to it, let's say Texas is four, Bama's five. Let's say Bama wins the SEC and beats Georgia. My God, that's, that's going to send people into a tizzy on that network and elsewhere. There's people who are going to argue for Bama over Texas. If you have the same record and you played head-to-head, the head-to-head has to matter. I don't care if it was the last week of the season or the first game of the season. It has to matter. That's not a problem yet, but just know that if both these teams keep winning, it's something that could be brought up later. The other thing I wanted to talk about, and then we're going to head to break, I'm always intrigued by the Cinderella's, the underdogs. One of my favorite bowl games of all time was the Fiesta Bowl where Boise State upset Oklahoma and put all the non-power five teams on the map. Okay, Every year, the games I look forward to the most are the two college football playoff games. Okay, the in, As far as bowl games, the five, I should say, the five, the two college football playoff games. The Rose Bowl, whatever game Nebraska's in, once we get back to bowl games, and then the group of five team that gets into one of the six major bowl games. Those are the five I always look forward to the most. I look forward to having five games to look forward to, get bowl eligible in Nebraska. Tulane and James Madison. Tulane's 9-1, and one, ranked ahead of James Madison. They're 17. James Madison is 18. Liberty is 25th in the CFP poll at 10-0. But here's the deal. James Madison cannot go to a bowl game. They're 10 and they should have gone last year. You have to wait two years when you go to the FBS level, which I don't understand that rule. What's the point of that? We're, we're going to send five and seven teams to bowl games this year, but this James Madison team could go undefeated, win their conference. I know it's Sunbelt and not go to a bowl game because of some stupid rule that exists because it exists. It, it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Here's why I think they did it because I think James Madison could very likely go undefeated. And I don't think anybody's going to realistically argue they could be in the college football playoff rankings, but I think they want to, because they appealed to try to get into a bowl game and they were denied. And I was like, why, why? Like, I'll tell you right now, if Nebraska goes five and seven and gets into a bowl game and James Madison goes undefeated 12 and 0, 13 and 0 wins their conference, whatever that conference is and doesn't go. That's, that's a travesty of justice. That is, that is bull crap of the highest fecal matter. I'm just saying, 
I think they rejected him because if James Madison goes undefeated, they're not going to have a legit argument to get into a four-team college football playoff. They would have 12, and they should. But my point is this. I think they were trying to nixay or, or nix in the rear any potential UCF situation before it ever happened, and I think it's ridiculous. I know not a lot of Husker fans probably care about that, but if you're a college football fan, this intrigues me very much, and it actually annoys me. All right. We are just a smidge behind, so we're going to pay some bills, and then we're going to bring on one of the best to ever do it. All right, Mr. Chris Kelsey, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.